Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. In General Conference in April of 2022, the 17th President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, President Russell M. Nelson, gave a message titled, The Power of Spiritual Momentum. He got the idea for the title of this talk by watching a basketball game, he says, and he was talking about the momentum that one team seemed to get over the other team, and he's going to use this idea of momentum in more of a spiritual sense. He starts off by talking about having personal trials, and he says some trials are deeply private burdens that no one else can see, others are played out on the world stage, and then he mentions the armed conflict in Eastern Europe is one of these. He says, I have been to Ukraine and Russia many times. He goes on to say that any war is a horrifying violation of everything the Lord Jesus Christ stands for, but then he's going to turn it in the next paragraph to something a little more personal. He says, none of us can control nations or the actions of others or even members of our own families, but we can control ourselves. Now, I would agree with what Russell Nelson is saying, that we do have an ability to control ourselves to a certain extent. There are times, certainly, when I find myself in a situation where I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say, Bill, don't say that. You don't need to say that, so don't do it. Okay, so I've controlled myself. But Eric, wouldn't that be within the realm of what we call sanctification? Sanctification is a personal effort to do what we are supposed to do, and sometimes that means putting our flesh aside in a given circumstance. Sometimes we succeed more than other times. Sometimes we seem to fail in that area, which is a good thing that sanctification, at least the way it's described in the New Testament, is not something that meets the requirement of our justification. It is two separate things. What justifies and what sanctifies are two separate things. Both are important, but they are distinct from each other. The problem I have when it comes to how many of these LDS leaders talk about taking control over yourselves is they seem to notch it up to a level that is just improbable and even unbiblical. And it reminds me when I was reading this portion of that paragraph that Nelson gives us here on page 97 of the Leahona magazine, that's the May 2022 edition, it reminded me of something that another speaker in general conference had to say, and that was Kevin S. Hamilton. Now, Hamilton is a 70. He gave a talk, then will I make weak things become strong? And he said something in that talk that I think we can mention in light of what Nelson is saying here when he said we can control ourselves. Hamilton, in his talk, he said 
looking more closely at what the Lord is teaching us here, we see that he first says that he gives men and women weakness, singular, which is part of our mortal experience as fallen or carnal beings. Now, I wouldn't disagree with Hamilton on that. I think the New Testament makes it very clear that we all are fallen beings. You have heard us mentioned many times, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Hamilton goes on to say, we have become natural men and women because of the fall of Adam. But through the atonement of Jesus Christ, we can overcome our weakness or our fallen natures. Oh, that is an incredible statement. And let me ask you this. Do you think that what Nelson is saying and what Hamilton is saying would be taken by the LDS people that these two men have attained this status of overcoming their fallen natures? I think there certainly is a risk of that happening because one thing that we've talked about many times is you do not see in general conference especially a lot of self-deprecation. They don't often get up there in front of everybody and talk about their shortcomings. They do seem to give the appearance, at least, that they have arrived, that they have accomplished exactly what they are telling the people, such as when they quote, let's say, Moroni 10.32, deny yourself of all ungodliness. They just flippantly throw that verse out there. And if I was sitting in the audience, I would be wondering, have you done that? I know I have certainly not accomplished that. When Hamilton says, through the atonement of Christ, we can overcome our weakness or our fallen natures. What do you think he means when he says that we can overcome our fallen nature? Well, let's go on to the next paragraph in Hamilton's talk. He says, he then says that his grace is sufficient and that if, and if is italicized, if we humble ourselves and have faith in him, then, then is italicized, he will make weak things, plural in brackets, and italicize, he will make weak things become strong unto us. In other words, and there he says it again, in other words, as we first change our fallen natures, our weakness, then we will be able to change our behaviors, our weakness says. Now, there would be nothing I would love more in honoring the one who saved me would be to overcome my fallen nature. But where in the New Testament do we see any hint of such a promise that somehow we can, through our efforts, overcome our fallen natures? There's nowhere in the New Testament that comes close to promising this. In fact, it's just the opposite. We realize that we're never going to overcome our fallen nature. Does it mean that we can overcome some of the bad things we've done in the past and we may not do some of those things in the future? Certainly. I'm not saying anything against that. But to overcome our fallen nature, where does it teach that? The fact that we will not overcome our fallen nature, I think, tells us as a true believer in the message of the New Testament that we must always look to the cross for that salvation and justification that Christ gives us, that we will never be able to overcome this type of a weakness. And it's necessary 
that we look to Christ and what he accomplished on our behalf. And this is where I think Hamilton misses it. You've heard me say, Eric, that I look at the LDS Church as one big place for people to go for behavior modification, because the LDS Church preaches a lot of messages about behavior modification. The April 2022 General Conference was full of messages talking about behavior modification, about staying on the covenant path. And of course, the covenant path in Mormonism is really just one big, huge behavior modification class. You do this, you change your behavior, and you're going to get rewarded for these kind of behavior changes. And this is how a lot of Latter-day Saints look at how they achieve their salvation. They modify their bad behavior. God is pleased with that. If they do it enough, then they can hope to have celestial exaltation in the next life. Nelson goes on to say in his talk, We are followers of the Prince of Peace. Now more than ever, we need the peace only he can bring. How can we expect peace to exist in the world when we are not individually seeking peace and harmony? And the word individually is italicized. Brothers and sisters, I know what I'm suggesting is not easy, but followers of Jesus Christ should set the example for all the world to follow. Now that last sentence, I don't think you and I would have any argument against that. Certainly, as a follower of Jesus Christ, which I believe I am, apart from any need for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I do think that I need to set an example for the world to follow. But just because someone follows my example, that does not make them a saved individual. And I think that's sometimes missed on a lot of what we hear from our LDS friends. If it's all about being a better person than you were yesterday and being a better person tomorrow than you were today, I think you've missed it. We need to have our faith in a perfect Christ who did everything that was necessary for our salvation. And we have emphasized many times on this show that when you think there's something you have to add to what Jesus did, you've lost the whole understanding of why he came to die on our behalf. But when he says, brothers and sisters, I know what I'm suggesting is not easy, when he talks about having this peace— Okay, maybe you can't control the behavior of a sibling, and you can rest in the fact that you've done everything you can possibly do to reconcile or smooth out any difficulties with that individual sibling. But when he says, now more than ever, we need the peace only he can bring, I'm going to look at that as more of an individual peace. How many Latter-day Saints have an individual peace when it comes to their eternity? Do they have that peace that passes all understanding that's talked about in Philippians chapter 4? When we have conversations with Latter-day Saints, that's something that we find is missing in their lives because they don't know where they are in light of eternity. So while Russell M. Nelson might try to be the coach to give the pep talk, to get this power of spiritual momentum, these are not new things. They don't need Nelson to tell them this stuff. Other leaders in the past have said virtually the same thing. 
I go back to this idea that you can control yourself, as uh, Nelson has put it. And yet, what does the Bible teach about that? If you look at Romans chapter 7, Paul says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin, verse 14. And if you read through that passage, you see verse 19, I don't do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do not do what I want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. He goes on, he says, I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. And he ends this passage, he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to struggle with sin. What Paul is saying is you have to give up complete control to God. You can't do it on your own. You need God to work in you. Let me ask you, Eric, in light of what you just read from the Apostle Paul, do you think that Paul would have thought that he came to the point in his life where he had overcome his fallen nature? Absolutely not. doesn't sound like it. Do you think the Apostle Paul would have felt that he could write this phrase? In other words, as we first change our fallen nature, our weakness, then we will be able to change our behaviors, our weakness says? I don't think Paul would have written something like that. No. I think what we find in Romans chapter 7 very clearly points out the fact that that's something that the Apostle Paul probably would not have said. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.